premillennial, pre-tribulational, dispensational, independent, and standing on the inspired, preserved Word of God, the King James Bible as our final authority, this is the Sword of the Spirit Podcast with your host and Bible teacher, Joseph Rusiello. Take your Bible, sit back, and join us as we open and study the Word of God. And now, here's your host. Well, hey folks, this is Joe Ruscello, and it is great to be with you once again as we open up and study the precious Word of God, your King James Bible. And you know, folks, as always, wherever you are, whenever you are, and on whatever platform it is you find yourself listening to us on, it's always my prayer that you also find yourself in the grace and in the mercy of our Lord and Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. Welcome to the Sword of the Spirit podcast. And we are coming to you live from the Asylum Studios here in the, uh, the bowels of Southwest Texas, Eagle Pass, Texas. Thank you for joining us tonight on our Thursday night Bible study. We got a little bit of a late start tonight. Uh, we had some uh, work commitments that we had to keep this evening. So, uh, but we're here. We're just an hour behind schedule. So I hope, folks, that you were able to uh, adjust your schedule to, uh, to meet with us tonight. If not, you could always check us out on our podcast version, which comes out shortly after the show ends. Now, uh, we had kind of a beautiful, sunny 91 degrees here today in uh, Eagle Pass, uh, at least before the show started to come around. And uh, just a few minutes ago, the clouds started rolling in, the thunder started clapping, lightning started flashing, the wind started picking up, so we got a storm coming in here. And uh, if in the event uh, we lose power and uh, we go down, uh, we will uh, record the episode as a podcast and upload it as soon as it's available. So uh, don't lose heart. We're going to get on with our study in Revelation chapter 10. Now, last Thursday, we started Revelation chapter 10, and uh, there was so much to talk about that we didn't get past verse number three. Uh, Now, if uh, you haven't listened to it, if you missed it on the live broadcast, uh, you need to go back and listen to that show. Now, what we're going to do tonight is we're going to pick it up in verse 4, and uh, you know, Lord willing, we'll finish the chapter, and if we have time, uh, we'll start up in chapter 11. Now, before we get into our Bible study tonight, I'm going to ask you to do just two things for me. First of all, would you please visit our website, thesortofthespiritpodcast.com. That's swordofthespiritpodcast.com. And when you get over there, head on over to our contact section, open up that little web form, and why don't you send us off a message? Let us know whatever's on your heart, whatever's on your mind, any questions, uh, any comments, cares, or concerns that you might have. And also, please, don't forget to send over those prayer requests. Now, folks, if you don't like to use the web form, that's fine. You could always email me directly at info at swordofthespiritpodcast.com. That's info at swordofthespiritpodcast.com. All right, now also, while you're on the website, would you please look for that Support This Podcast button? 
And when you find it, would you consider supporting us with a small monthly contribution? You can set that up for $0.99, cents, $4.99, or $9.99 a month. Uh, if you can't do a monthly recurring contribution, that's fine. If you could do a one-time contribution, we would appreciate that just as much. And you could do that by clicking on the Waygiver button or just simply by scanning the Cash App QR code, which is on our homepage as well. So, folks, why don't you pray about it? And if the Lord leads you to do it, if these podcasts have been a blessing to you in any way, if the live broadcasts have been a blessing to you in any way, if you'd like to become part, an active part of our ministry here, your contribution will go a very, very long way, and I would be so very thankful for it. Now, of course, first and foremost, before we go any further with the show tonight, uh, I always want to thank the Lord Jesus Christ for a number of things. I mean, honestly, if I sat here and I, I listed, like the song says, you know, count your blessings, name them one by one. Well, if I sat here and I tried to thank the Lord Jesus Christ for all of the tremendous blessings that he's poured out upon my life, um, we would fill up four hours and uh, I wouldn't even have scratched the surface of it. But uh, first and foremost, I want to thank the Lord Jesus Christ for saving me, for rescuing me from the pit of hell. Now, uh, I tell you guys every single show we do, because you never know, you have people listening for the first time, so some of you might get tired of hearing it. Hey, you know what? It's always good to hear the basics. Amen? Amen. Now, first of all, uh, you know, the Lord Jesus Christ suffered the cruelest, most humiliating death for your sins and mine. And he did that so that you wouldn't have to go to the worst place imaginable, a place called hell, where there is weeping, wailing, and gnashing of teeth. And 23 years ago, the Lord Jesus Christ saved me. He directed the right people across my path to open up my heart, open up my eyes, open up my mind and my ears to the sound of the gospel, the true gospel. And uh, he also directed me to a, uh, a radio program on uh, a Christian radio station in New York City. And there I heard the gospel presented, and I heard a message called, uh, well, I don't remember if it was called it, but it was a su- the subject was hell and who's going there. And it was something that literally, it was a message that literally scared the hell out of me. And uh, every time that preacher hit on a point, it just seemed like I heard a voice that said to me, did you get that, Joe? Joe, I'm talking to you. Joe, you need to get saved, and you need to get saved today. And thank God that I listened to that voice. Thank God that I called the phone number for that radio program just a few days later, and I asked to meet with that, that preacher. And we set up a meeting in Lower Manhattan and on a pier in, uh, in, in, in Lower Manhattan on the West Side Highway. He led me to the Lord Jesus Christ. And what a tremendous, tremendous gift I received that night. The gift of eternal life. Because the Bible says the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ, our Lord. There is no other name in heaven, under heaven, whereby man must be saved. None. Buddha cannot save you. Muhammad cannot save you. Mary cannot save you. 
The saints cannot save you. Your church cannot save you. Your baptism cannot save you. Your sacraments cannot save you. The Baptist church can't save you. And I'm a Baptist. The Presbyterian, the Pentecostal, no church can save you. The only way you get saved is by putting your full faith, trust, and confidence in the Lord Jesus Christ. And my friends, tonight, if you haven't done that, I implore you to do it. Get saved and get saved today. It is the single most important decision you will ever make in your life because those consequences are eternal. I also want to say thank you to the Lord for allowing me this ministry opportunity to to come over these um, these uh, internet waves. I was going to say airwaves, but uh, these uh, these internet waves and uh, allowing me the opportunity to open up the gospel, to talk about the Lord Jesus Christ, to give you a good gospel witness, to share my testimony. It's a tremendous ministry. It's a tremendous opportunity that the Lord has given me, and I am so very very thankful for it. Now, I also want to say thank you to all of our current supporters, those of you who support us prayerfully. God bless you for your prayers. Thank you so very much for them. And I would ask you to please continue to pray for my family. Please continue to pray for this ministry. Please continue to pray for the show. Please continue to pray for me uh, as we move forward through this study in the book of Revelation. It's, a, it's a, such a, a powerful study. And uh, I really hope that uh, you decide that you don't want to go to hell that you want to avoid the tribulation and then the great tribulation, and uh, you put your full faith, trust, and confidence in the Lord Jesus Christ. So thank you so very much for your prayers. Please keep praying for us. I also want to say thank you to all of you who already support us financially. God bless you for your financial support. Thank you for helping us make all of this possible. And, of course, I want to say thank you to all of our listeners, those of you who uh, have tuned in to everything that we have put out and downloaded in the plays um, you know, we have we had two streams uh, going really at one point. Uh, same show, just two different host platforms. And uh, just recently, I, I combined the numbers uh, between the two platforms. And folks, we are over ten thousand downloads and plays over the last year. What an incredible blessing it's been! And thank you so very much for it. Now, folks, wherever you're listening to this show whether it's on Good Pods or whether it's on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, uh, iHeart, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, wherever it is that you're listening, please be sure to like, subscribe, and share it with your friends, your family, and your followers. That way, you'll help us spread the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. All right, my friends, how about some announcements? Uh, thank you again for tuning in to the Thursday night Bible study. So uh, this Thursday night, tonight, we're going to be talking about Revelation chapter 10, and we're hoping that we'll be able to uh, finish the chapter tonight. Uh, but next Thursday, we'll continue on, be continuing on with our study of, of the book of Revelation. And you can uh, check us out at 7 p.m. Central Time, 8 p.m. Eastern Time for the Thursday night Bible study. Also, just want to remind you of our Sermon Sunday broadcast, which is uh, 3 p.m. Central Time, 4 p.m. Eastern Time every Sunday afternoon. 
And uh, if you want to listen to that live, you can always go to our website, swordofthespiritpodcast.com. Whether it's the Thursday night or the Sunday afternoon broadcast, you can head to our website, swordofthespiritpodcast.com, and you can listen live on our player on our homepage there. Or if you have a Spreaker account or you have the link on Spreaker, you can always search for us on Spreaker. You could find our live broadcast there as well. So Thursday night, Bible study, 7 p.m., Sermon Sunday broadcast, Sunday afternoon, 3 p.m. Central Time. Now, folks, if you are in the Eagle Pass area and you are looking for a good King James Bible-believing and Bible-teaching church, why don't you pay us a visit over at First Baptist Church of Eagle Pass? We meet at 664 North Monroe. Our Sunday school hour starts at 10 a.m. Our worship service begins at 11 a.m. Our Sunday evening service meets at 6 p.m. And our Wednesday night Bible study meets at 7 p.m. For more information, all you need to do is visit the church's Facebook page. And just to do that, just log into Facebook, search for First Baptist Church of Eagle Pass, and once you get there, you're going to find a lot of really helpful information. And also, you'll find episodes of this podcast. And of course, as always, we are thankful to Pastor John Monk, my pastor and my friend, and all the folks at First Baptist Church uh, who run the church's Facebook page. Thank you so very much for allowing us to post our show on the church's Facebook page. And I, I tend to, to remind everybody of this once in a while, so I'll do it again. Um, this podcast is not an official ministry of First Baptist Church of Eagle Pass. I am just a member of the church. The Lord has given me an opportunity to, uh, to have a ministry such as this, and uh, our, our home church has just been gracious in allowing us to use the church's Facebook page to, uh, to spread the gospel message that we're spreading. So again, thank you so very much for all of your support. Now, folks, if you are interested in prepping, or if you are interested in prepping and uh, you're also planning on going through the tribulation period uh, and uh, having to uh, you know, endure to the end, uh, checking out the Contra Radio Network might be a great idea for you. And why is that? Because the Contra Radio Network is a single podcast that houses nearly a dozen talented podcast and vidcast hosts from around the country who release content daily. The CRN podcast releases 15 to 20 shows a week, depending on the current events, and there are no issues that are off-limits to any of these amazing patriots. Hey, if you want a breakdown of current events, got it. You want to know more about preparedness and self-sufficiency? We got that too, and that's important if you're planning on missing the rapture of the church and you're planning on going through the tribulation, you need to know about preparedness and self-sufficiency. You want to know about you want to you want to hear about a guy driving around ranting like a lunatic? Well, you know what? We got that too. You want to hear about politics, Bible studies, sports, campings, firearms and more? Well, the Contra Radio Network has it all and has it all covered in spades. You can find the Contra Radio Network on all of your major podcasting platforms and you can also find them on the web at www.crn Dot best that's www.crn.best. Now, folks, if you haven't uh, had the opportunity to check out the Three Pillars podcast, 
I would highly recommend that you do it. You can find them on Good Pods. You can find them on Spotify. You can find them on all of your major podcasting platforms. You can find them on Rumble, and you can also find them on YouTube. Uh, my good friend, Brother Chase Tobin, uh, uh, focuses on personal growth using the three pillars of fitness, spiritual, mental, and physical. He uh, drops a new episode every Friday morning, so you could be expecting one tomorrow morning. So uh, if you haven't checked him out, it's the Three Pillars Podcast. I highly, highly recommend it. It's a real blessing of a study. And uh, Brother Chase really presents the gospel in such an easy-to-understand way. And uh, we are really thankful for his friendship, for his fellowship, and uh, we uh, continue to pray for him and his podcast and his ministry. Folks, don't forget to sign up for the programming announcements uh, on our website. And you can find that by going to our homepage, com, filling out that subscription box. And when there are any changes to our programming schedule, we will be sending out emails uh, regarding that. It doesn't cost you nothing, and uh, it's easy to sign up for. And all you need to do is uh, just fill out the web form. And we do not sell your information. We keep it here amongst ourselves. And uh, we're not going to spam you or send you anything you really don't care about receiving. So just head over to our website, swordofthespiritpodcast.com. That's swordofthespiritpodcast.com. Look for the programming announcements subscription box on the website. Now, also, while you're on the website, uh, look for the sword swag section. And when you get over there, you're going to find these really great Sword of the Spirit podcast coffee cups. Uh, you can get one for a $25 contribution. And of, as tradition states, I'm going to take a sip for you. Mm-hmm. Tonight's beverage of choice is water. That's right. Water. Good, crisp, cold water. Now, uh, <laughs> I know it's ridiculous. I'm really thinking about stopping that. I mean, I, I probably should. It's probably not even funny. But uh, uh, if you want one of these great Sword of the Spirit podcast T-shirts, you can get one of those as well for a $35 contribution. Now, uh, to get that, just click the info button on the Sword Swag page and send us uh, your mailing address, your contact information, uh, however you want to phrase it, and uh, how many of the items that you want. And if you're getting T-shirts, please don't forget to tell me what size. We really do need to know that. All right, and uh, once we get that information from you, we will send you back the link to where you can make your contribution. Now, let's see. What else do we have to announce here today? Uh, I do want to mention the Busy Believers podcast. Um, They did send me a trailer to play, and unfortunately, uh, I was not able to, uh, to download it and uh, get it to uh, upload into our studio uh, application here. So uh, check out the uh, Busy Believers podcast. You can find them on all your major podcasting platforms, Spotify. Uh, I I believe they're on Stitcher as well, uh, Apple Podcasts. Really, really good studies, and I really do enjoy them. So uh, be sure to check them out as well, and when we get a better read, we'll do that for them. They, They deserve it. All right, my friends, uh, we have come to the point where it's time for our first break of the, uh, of the evening. And uh, we will be back in just a moment. This is the Sword of the Spirit podcast. Please don't forget to like, subscribe, and share with your friends, your family, and your followers. We'll be back right after this. Don't go away. 
Hi, everyone. This is JJ, the co-founder of Good Pods. If you haven't heard of it yet, Good Pods is like Goodreads or Instagram, but for podcasts. It's new, it's social, it's different, and it's growing really fast. There are more than 2 million podcasts, and we know that it is impossible to figure out what to listen to. On Good Pods, you follow your friends and podcasters to see what they like. That is the number one way to discover new shows and episodes. You can find Good Pods on the web or download the app. Happy listening! Hello and welcome to the Three Pillars Podcast. My name is Chase Tobin, a.k.a. Tobinator the Motivator, and I'm happy to have you here with me. This podcast is focused on a holistic approach to growth using the three pillars of fitness. Those are spiritual, mental, and physical fitness. Using these three pillars, we will build a foundation which we can all grow to be better uh, human beings on our walk with each other and our walk with the Lord. So without further ado, welcome to the Three Pillars Podcast. Praise the Lord. 
Amen. Amen and amen. Praise the Lord for all he's done. For all the good, for all the bad, for everything that goes on in your everyday life, we ought to praise the Lord. We ought to. And when I'm telling you that, not only am I pointing my finger at you, I may be pointing one finger at you, but I'm pointing three back at myself. We ought to praise the Lord for everything that he does for us. Amen? Amen. All right. And uh, one of the things that he does for us, one of the things that he did for us, was pay the ultimate penalty for our sin. When the Lord Jesus Christ was crucified on that cruel cross of Calvary, and he shed his perfect, sinless blood, Acts chapter 20 and 28 says that it was God's blood that was shed. Which, of course, makes sense, because the Bible also tells us that Jesus Christ was God manifest in the flesh. So when he shed his blood, he was shedding God's perfect, precious, sinless blood. And that's what it takes, and that's what it took to pay your sin debt and mine. So we ought to praise the Lord for what he has done. Amen? Amen. Now, first and foremost, as we go down our prayer list today, we're going to be praying for the folks that are in need of salvation. So we are continuing to pray for my mom, Diane. We're praying for David in New York City. We're praying for all of the unsaved members of the Baldino family. We're also praying for Jasmine Martinez. We're praying for Manuel's mother. We're praying for Sharon. And we're praying for Adam's father. Now, also going down to our sick list, uh, we're praying again for Pastor Martin. And uh, we're going to continue to pray for him, uh, for his heart condition, for uh, the eczema that he is uh, dealing with, for his uh, terribly poor vision, and that the Lord will continue to give him strength every day. We're also praying for Hezekiah as he's uh, still recovering from uh, his, uh, his surgery. We're uh, praying for Jasmine Martinez, who is in critical care with lupus. And uh, we actually have some great news here, and I was looking forward to this, and I uh, received information about Mary Perez, and uh, you know we have been praying for Mary Perez for quite some time now as she's been battling cancer, and uh, today I received word that uh, Mary Perez is now cancer-free. So thank you so much, everyone, for all of your prayers. We, uh, it's uh, just unbelievable how the Lord uh, just just answers prayer. It's incredible. I shouldn't say it's unbelievable, because it is believable. But just to see the Lord work, I mean, this is, I think, the third or fourth prayer request that we were able to remove because of the Lord answering prayer. So, folks, on behalf of, the, uh, of uh, Mary Perez's family who reached out to us, Lord, we want to thank you for your prayers. God bless you. And uh, that's great news. Mary Perez, cancer-free. Praise the Lord for all he has done. We're going to pray for uh, my mom, uh, who is uh, still in rehab, uh, working her way to get back home. Uh, we're praying for my sister, Laura, with a slip disc. We're praying for Sister Bernice, who uh, has been battling cancer as well for quite some time, and we're praying for her uh, and the treatments that she's been receiving. We're praying for Bernice, Bernice's mom, Laura, uh, also uh, fighting cancer. We're praying for Janae with a heart condition, Sharon Baldino with cancer. We're praying for her as well. We're also praying for Martin Mata with, lymph- with lymphoma, 
Daniel Villarreal uh, fighting leukemia. Uh, we're also praying for Alex Ortiz uh, with some breathing difficulties. We're also praying for his son, Diego Ortiz, uh, who needed surgery to remove part of his intestines. And uh, we're also going to be praying for uh, my brother-in-law, Jude, for his uh, business, for his contracting business up in New York City. And, uh, folks, if you uh, are in the New York City area and you're in need of a contractor, uh, please let me know, and I'll put you guys in contact with uh, my brother-in-law. He does really great work, and I think he'd be very happy with it. We're also praying for uh, Brother Aldo and for his HVAC business. Uh, we're here in Eagle Pass, so if... Uh, Folks, if you are in the need of a uh, of a of an HVAC contractor, you can reach out to me. You let me know, and I'll put you guys in contact. Or you can look up Pro HVAC. You can look them up online and get all their contact information right there. And so we're going to pray for Brother Aldo uh, and for his business. We're also praying for uh, Brother Federico Salinas, and uh, we're just asking the Lord to continue to bless him and his life and his ministry and his service to the Lord. We're praying for Angel uh, and her pregnancy. We're praying for her husband, Alex, for his current employment situation. We're praying for Isabella, uh, for her walk with the Lord. And we're also praying for, praying for Jessica for her walk with the Lord. All right. And also, we have some unspoken prayers that we uh, like to bring before the throne of grace tonight. We're praying for Eduardo Rodriguez. We're praying for Ronnie. We're praying for Ed Rodriguez. We're praying for Larissa. We're praying for Hector, Manuel, Angela, and myself for an unspoken prayer request. Now, the unspoken prayers are just basically prayers that uh, you know maybe you don't have the right words to uh, to uh, uh, highlight the need, or it could also be that it's a very personal matter between you and the Lord. Not everybody needs to know the details of it. Uh, so there's nothing wrong with having an unspoken prayer request. Uh, they're very common, and if you have one, if you'd like to share it with us, you could always email it to me at info at com. or if you are currently logged into Spreaker with an active Spreaker account, you can jump on into our chat group, and you could drop your prayer requests there as well. So let's go to the Lord in prayer. Our Heavenly Father, we want to thank you so much for all the love and the mercy and the grace that you pour upon out upon us each and every day. Father, we want to thank you for the gift of salvation that you have uh, so painfully wrought for us at the cross of Calvary. Father, we just pray that your perfect and precious blood, Lord, would uh, continue to be the all-sufficient payment for our sins. And Father God, we just lift up those that are on our salvation prayer list tonight, Lord. We pray that you would just continue to work, Lord. We pray that you would draw them to yourself. We pray, Father God, that you would open up an, a window or a door of opportunity for someone to come in and, and to, uh, and to uh, water the seeds that have been planted, Lord, uh, or to harvest the crop that has come up. Father God, we just lift them all up to you. We ask you, Lord, to please save them today before it gets too late, before they end up in eternity without Jesus Christ in the worst place imaginable, in hell, for eternity, in a place of ever-increasing darkness, a place of intense burning heat and flame, a place, Lord, that is constantly moving further and further away from your grace and from your light. Father, we just pray for them, Lord. Lord, we just lift them up to you again, and we'll ask this in Jesus' name. Father, we also pray for those that are on our sick list tonight. Lord, we think of all of those that are battling cancer. Lord, we lift them up to you tonight. 
Lord, we we just praise you, Lord, that uh, you have you brought healing to Mary Perez, Lord, that she's now cancer-free. Father, we thank you so much for that. Lord, we ask that you would continue to, to please strengthen those that are still battling with cancer. Lord, we pray that your hand would be upon them, and Lord, that you would bring healing for them as well. Father, we pray for uh, for those that with heart conditions. Lord, we pray for uh, for those that, that are recovering from surgeries, Lord, we pray for those that are, uh, are, in, are in hospitals right now that are in rehabs. Lord, we pray for them, and we ask you, Father God, to please bring healing. Lord, please pour out that measure of grace that each one needs. Lord, please show mercy. And Lord, we ask you also, if there's any on our list that's not saved in that sick list, Lord, you know who they are, you know their hearts. Lord, we pray that you would save them as well. Father, we pray for uh, for those that are um, that are struggling with their employment. We think of uh, brother, uh, my brother-in-law Jude, Lord, uh, who is looking for uh, for steady work right now. Lord, we think of uh, brother Aldo uh, uh, and his business here in Eagle Pass at Pro HVAC. That um, that uh, you know he needs to expand his business. And Lord, we we thank you that you have blessed them as you have, and we pray that you would continue to bless them and uh, and and the works of their hands. Father, we think of uh, uh, Brother Alex and his, uh, his search for, for, uh, for employment. Lord, we continue to pray that you would uh, just open up that opportunity for him as quickly as possible. Lord, we think of, uh, of Angel and her pregnancy. We think of uh, Isabella and Jessica and their walks. Lord, we pray for them. We lift them up to you, and we ask you, Lord, that you would just draw them all to yourself. Father God, we pray for them. We pray for them, Lord, that uh, you would keep them pure and clean as they're away at school. Father, we think of Brother Salinas, Lord, and his family and his ministry, and as he leads them, Lord, I pray for him and I pray for his protect. I pray for your protection around him and his life and his family. And then, Father, of all of the unspoken prayers of our hearts, Lord, we lift up each one on our uh, unspoken prayer list. And Father, for all of the prayers that we have, Lord, tonight, we just commit them all to you. We lay them before the throne of grace. Father, we just pray that you would answer those prayers according to your perfect will for us and for our lives. And Lord, that you would receive all of the honor and all of the praise and the glory that is due you. And we will thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. And Lord, we ask you to bless our Bible study tonight as we move forward in this wonderful book, the book of Revelation. And Lord, we pray that as the weather is turning outside, Lord, that you would keep the power going, Lord, that you would keep us connected here so that the folks that are tuned in are able to get the entire lesson tonight. And Lord, we thank you for your blessing. We thank you for the preaching, the teaching of your holy book. In Jesus' precious name, amen. All right. Well, we are going to take our second break of the evening here at this point, and that'll give you a chance to go get your King James Bible, grab yourself a cup of coffee, maybe a bottle of water, and when we get back, we'll be getting into today's Bible study in the book of Revelation, chapter 10, part number 2. Folks, this is the Sword of the Spirit podcast. Don't forget to like, subscribe, and share with your friends, your family, and your followers. Help us to spread the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. And we'll be back right after this. The only 
It is not fame that I desire, nor stature in my brother's eyes. Amen. I pray it's said about my life. Yes, Lord. That I live more to build your name than mine. Yes, Lord. Yes. Amen. For the This book contains the mind of God, the state of man, the way of salvation, the doom of sinners, and the happiness of believers. Its doctrines are holy, its precepts are binding, its histories are true, and its decisions immutable. Read it to be wise, believe it to be safe, and practice it to be holy. It contains light to direct you, food to support you, and comfort to cheer you. It is the traveler's map, the pilgrim's staff, the pilot's compass, the soldier's sword, and the Christian's character. Christ is its subject, our good its design, and the glory of God its end. It should fill the memory, rule the heart, and guide the feet. Read it slowly, frequently, and prayerfully. It is given to you in life, will be open in the judgment, and be remembered forever. It involves the highest responsibility, rewards the greatest labor, and condemns all who trifle with its holy precepts. The King James Bible, God's Holy Book. Amen. And welcome back to the Sword of the Spirit podcast. This is Joe Russiello, and uh, we are just about to get into our Bible study for tonight. Now, again, we got a little bit of a late start tonight, so uh, I appreciate you tuning in to everybody that's listening live, and of course to all of you that'll be listening on the podcast version uh, uploaded later on this evening. Welcome to the Sword of the Spirit podcast, and it, it is absolutely fantastic to be able to be here with you tonight to open up the Word of God and continue this incredible study that we've been having in the book of Revelation. Now, uh, this is episode number 91 of the Sword of the Spirit podcast, and we are so very thankful to the Lord for the opportunity to, uh, to reach this number. It's just, it blows my mind. I'll be honest with you. It really does. It blows my mind. All right. Revelation chapter number 10. Revelation chapter number 10. Now, last week, um, we barely made it through, uh, through verse 3 of chapter 10. So we're going to pick it up here in verse 4. So Revelation chapter 10 and verse 4. The Bible says, And when the seven thunders had uttered their voices, I was about to write. And I heard a voice from heaven saying unto me, Seal up those things which are which the seven thunders uttered, and write them not. So this voice says to seal up those things that the seven thunders uttered, and write them not. Now that's the only thing. The only thing he said to seal up in the book of Revelation. 
So my conviction of the thing is basically this, that those seven thunders that are uttered are in the book because forever, O Lord, thy word is settled in heaven. But they're disguised in such a way that you can't get them. You just can't get them. They're reserved for something in the future. Now, the Lord does that, and, and I say that because the Lord does that thing, right? This book, this book is progressively revelationary. Now, in, in other words, you know, we understand a whole lot of things that Daniel didn't understand. Amen? Could you agree with that? And we do. We understand a lot of things that Daniel didn't understand. You know, we understand a lot of things that Jeremiah and Zechariah, Ezekiel, and, you know, all of them didn't understand. But truthfully, there's a whole lot that we don't understand. You know, that tribulation saint is going to have some insight into stuff that we don't have. You know, the books of Hebrews and Matthew and Jude, 1st and 2nd and 3rd John, 1st and 2nd Peter, James, Revelation. You know, those books are just going to leap off the page to them. And we struggle with them. Amen? You know, we kind of struggle with those books. I mean, we get a lot of stuff out of them, yeah, but... There's a whole lot of stuff we don't get out of them. And I'm not going to speculate on what those seven things are because God said to seal them up, so I don't know. I just don't know. All right? Verse 5. And the angel which I saw stand upon the sea and upon the earth lifted up his hand to heaven and swear by him that liveth forever and ever who created heaven and the things that therein are and the earth and the things that therein are and the sea and the things which are therein that there should be time no longer. Now, I want you to notice the verse, that there should be time no longer. God isn't wiping out time. Not here. Not here. He does that in eternity, but not here. You say, well, how do you know that? Well, I know that because right over in chapter 11 and verse 3, He says, and I will give power unto my two witnesses, and they shall prophesy a thousand, two hundred, and threescore days. So you've got a time element in the very next chapter. So God isn't wiping out time. What he's saying is this. He's saying, time's up, boys. Time's up. That there should be time no longer. So in other words, verse 7 explains it. Verse 7 explains it. Uh, But in the days of the voice of the seventh angel, when he shall begin to sound, the mystery of God should be finished, as he hath declared to his servants the prophets. All right? And so the rest is about to unfold. Okay? Time's up. Here comes the real full meal deal, the real tribulation. So that's the suggestion of the verse. All right, now I want you to notice the voice of the seventh angel. Now, that hadn't come yet. You're still in a parenthetical chapter. Now, that doesn't show up until chapter 11 in verse um, uh, whatever it is, uh, 14 or something like that. When he shall begin to sound, the mystery of God should be finished, as he hath declared to his servants the prophets. All right, so this mystery has already been declared to the prophets. But it's a mystery. It's a mystery. You know, the prophets didn't get it. There's a lot that they missed. Well, why? Because it was a mystery. Daniel, remember, Daniel was told to seal up the word. It's Daniel chapter 12. All right, what the Lord does is is he lets you in on things as they develop. 
That's progressive revelation. Now, the amazing thing about that is that that book is already written. It's been written forever. But you only get a piece of it at a time as you progress along. Now, for example, the events that have taken place in the world, particularly in Europe uh, of the last 12 months or so, have shed an awful lot of light on what the book has already declared. Amen? But we pick it up as we go along. All right? And that's the way the thing goes. God showed a lot of stuff to Clarence Larkin back at the turn of the century. A lot of stuff. You know, Larkin got in on some stuff, and he passed it on. Then he showed a lot of stuff to Dr. Ruckman, and he passed it on. And the thing goes on like that, and he gives stuff to, you know, he gives stuff here, he gives stuff there, he gives stuff everywhere, and the thing just moves along. All right, verse 8. And the voice which I heard from heaven spake unto me again and said, Go and take the little book which is open in the hand of the angel which standeth upon the sea, and upon the earth. And I went unto the angel and said unto him, Give me the little book. And by the way, this angel, uh, this angel standing upon the sea and upon the earth, you can cross reference that back to Joshua chapter 1, 1 Samuel chapter 7, and Psalm 29. And I went unto the angel and said unto him, Give me the little book. And he said unto me, Take it and eat it up, and it shall make thy belly bitter. But, in, but it shall be in thy mouth sweet as honey. And I took the little book out of the angel's hand and ate it up, and it was in my mouth sweet as honey, and as soon as I had eaten it, my belly was bitter. All right, now, it's not enough for John to see the book in Christ's hand or, even to, or to even know what it contains. He has to appropriate it. He must appropriate it. That is that he has to take it into himself into part of the inner man. Now, we're not going to take the time to run these out, but uh, the cross-references are Ezekiel chapter 2. So hopefully you're taking notes. Ezekiel chapter 2, Ezekiel 3, Jeremiah 15. Now, those are all similar events where the Word of God is to be taken for food. Now, the thing is clear. It's a two-edged sword. It's bitter and it's sweet. That's why you hear the phrase used by people, and they, and they have no idea where it came from, you know, that, that something was bittersweet. That's a phrase that we use in our everyday talk. You know, you go out to a Chinese restaurant, and they have what? They have sweet and sour pork, right? Sweet and sour chicken, right? Well, how can a thing be sweet and sour at the same time? How can a thing be sweet and bitter at the same time? All right, now, that's what the Word of God is. It's a two-edged sword. It's sweet, and it's bitter. So in other words, it, it's sweet to assimilate it and get it in your mouth, but it's bitter. It's bitter when you have to apply it to your life. Amen? I mean, it's exciting, right? It's exciting to think about a wedding and a rapture. But know that you know, the book is sweet. The book is sweet to think about salvation. But some stuff that comes afterward isn't always sweet. Well, here's a sweet one. My God shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Here's a sour one. 
Yea, all that live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. Sweet and sour, sweet and sour, sweet and sour. All right, so the book, whatever it is, is sweet and sour. And so it's undoubtedly a portion of the Word of God that's being characterized here. All right, in verse 11, And he said unto me, Thou must prophesy again before many peoples and nations and tongues and kings. Man, you can just go wild. You can just go wild with that. But, you know, I'm going to keep it right there in its context and say that's just what's got to happen. That's just what's got to happen. All right, chapter 11. Let's move on to chapter 11. All right, now, chapter 11. Chapter 11 is a real key to the book of Revelation. Now, if you can get through chapter 11, then you've got the rest of it made. And, uh, and, and of course, you know, the key to it is just believing it as it stands. Just believing it without changing anything. That's the key. All right, chapter 11, verse 1. And there was given me a reed like unto a rod, and the angel stood, saying, Rise, and measure the temple of God, and the altar, and them that worship therein. But the court which thou, the, but the court which is without the temple, leave out and measure it not, for it is given unto the Gentiles, and the holy city shall they tread under foot forty and two months. All right, now so this rod is a measuring stick. That's what the thing is, and this temple, this temple of God, and the altar, and them that worship therein, to be measured. It's, uh, it's not the heavenly temple that we read about in chapter 8. It's not the same one. You see, this temple right here is literally on earth. It's obvious then that, that um, uh, a literal temple is, is yet to be rebuilt on a literal earth for a literal 42 months. So that's the temple that we're talking about, a literal physical temple. Now, people say, you know, this temple has to be built before the rapture. No, it doesn't have to be built before the rapture. They can build that temple without any problem at all. They can build that thing in three and a half years. Now, it could be built before the rapture, and I, I can't find anything that says it would violate any scripture if the thing were built before the rapture. But, um, you know, my guess is it'll probably be built sometime right after the rapture. Now, uh, what you have in Israel right now is what they call um, the Wailing Wall, the Western Wall. They call it the Wailing Wall. And all it is is just a big area just outside of a big patio kind of thing, right? And uh, what it is is just a bunch of big old rocks, and they consider that the foundation of the original temple. Now, whether it is or not, I don't know, <laughs> you know, but that's what they figure. That's the original. You know, that's the West Wall. So the Jews consider that a very holy spot. And they'll all assemble down there. And you can go down there at any given day, and there'll be all kinds of little groups doing bar mitzvahs and saying their prayers and, you know, all kinds of things in front of the Wailing Wall. All right, now, there, there, there's a huge area. It's a huge area. Consider the temple area. And what you have is... Uh, a round building called the Mosque of Omar. And that's a, that's a Muslim Islamic mosque. And then you got a smaller mosque that sits there. That's 
the Mosque of Omar is called the Mosque of Gold, of the Gold Dome, and then there's the Mosque of the Silver Dome. And the Jew is absolutely convinced that that is the spot. So he can't build it anywhere else, uh, the, the Jewish temple. It can't be built anywhere else. That's the spot. As far as he's concerned, he's got to build that temple right there, that whole temple area, uh, the outer court. You know, um, What do we just read about? Uh, back up in verse 2. Uh, but the court, which is without the temple, leave out and measure it not, for it is given unto the Gentiles, and the holy city shall they tread underfoot forty and two months. Now, somehow... Those two mosques have to be eliminated before they can build that. And right now, politically, that's a big issue, right? But somehow, that thing has to get fixed. Now, it's not too big of an issue for God to take care of, amen? You know, if, if they came along right, they came along and, and, and somehow get that thing fixed and they start rebuilding that temple, you know something, man? You know. You know your redemption draweth nigh. You better get ready to go. That's what I'm saying. You better get ready to go. You can get raptured right now, and that thing standing where it is won't violate any scriptures. But when you get to Revelation 11, you got a temple there. And the instruction is to rise up and measure it. All right, now, so, so somebody out there is saying, you know, well, well why measure it? You know, why are you going to measure the thing? Well, here's the answer. I don't know. I don't know why. You have the same instruction for the millennial temple in the book of Ezekiel. You know, God's into measuring temples. And then there's probably more to that than meets the eye. And I know there is. I know there is. I'm not sure what it is, but there is. All right? But again, all I can do is give you a general summary of the book of Revelation, you know, because if we did anything more than that, we'll be here for a very, very long time. All right, verse 3. And I will give power unto my two witnesses. All right, now here they are. They show up. And they shall prophesy a thousand two hundred and threescore days clothed in sackcloth. So here are, the, here are these two witnesses. All right, uh, verse 4. These are the two olive trees and the two candlesticks standing before the God of the earth. And if any man will hurt them, fire proceedeth out of their mouth and devoureth their enemies. And if any man will hurt them, he must in this manner be killed. These have the power to shut heaven, that it rain not in the days of their prophecy, and have power over waters to turn them to blood, and to smite the earth with all plagues as often as they will. And when they shall have finished their testimony, the beast that ascendeth out of the bottomless pit shall make war against them, and shall overcome them and kill them. And their dead bodies shall lie in the street of the great city, which spiritually is called Sodom and Egypt, where also our Lord was crucified. So now if the Lord didn't put that thing in there, you might not know what city that is. But he's clearly talking about where? He's talking about Jerusalem. Amen? That's what he's talking about. Spiritually calls it Sodom and Egypt. And they of the people and kindreds and tongues and nations shall see their dead bodies three days and a half and shall not suffer their dead bodies to be put in graves. 
And they that dwell upon the earth shall rejoice over them and make merry and shall send, shall send gifts one to another because these two prophets tormented them that dwelt on the earth. And after three days and a half, the spirit of life from God entered into them and they stood upon their feet and great fear fell upon them which saw them. And they heard a great voice from heaven saying unto them, come up hither. Oh, there's another rapture. See? And they ascended up to heaven in a cloud, and their enemies beheld them. All right, so these two witnesses are around to do one thing. One thing. Torment them that dwell on the earth. And they're called prophets, because these two prophets tormented them. All right, now you, you, see, that, you see once again that God is, is long on wrath, and short on mercy in the tribulation. Now, we didn't say there wasn't any mercy. If there wasn't any mercy, God would just burn the whole mess to a fare thee well instantly. Amen? So there is some mercy. What I said was love doesn't show up anywhere between Revelation chapter 4 and Revelation 19. Because why? Because it's God's wrath and God's judgment that's being primarily emphasized during the time. Not love, not mercy, not grace, but those things are still there. Those things are still there, or, or God would just burn the whole mess up. All right, now you can see that thing in the way the thing goes. You know, the prophets aren't there preaching a gospel of, you know, be ye kind and tenderhearted one to another. They're preaching to torment men. You know, just bugging them to death, just tormenting them. That's the message. All right, now, who are the two witnesses? Who are the two witnesses? Well, Zechariah chapter 4 makes it very clear that these are two anointed ones that stand by the Lord of the whole earth. Well, who are they? Well, if you go back up to verse 6, verse 6 is the tip-off. These have power to shut heaven that it rain not in the days of their prophecy and have power over waters to turn them to blood and to smite the earth with all plagues as often as they will. Now, what two characters in your Bible did that? What two characters did that? Elijah said it wasn't going to rain, and it didn't rain, right? Moses had the power given by God to turn water to blood, right? And he did. And he did. Let's cross-reference some of these things out. We'll chase them down, all right? Let's go to James chapter 5. James chapter 5. You know, some of the commentators, you know, they try to make Elijah and Enoch the two witnesses, and Moses and Enoch. You know, for some, they, they try to get Enoch in there somewhere. But it can't be Enoch. Enoch is a type of the church-age saint being raptured prior to a tribulation. You know, the, the, the tribulation shows up in chapter 6, right? Genesis chapter 6, the flood. Amen? And eight are saved from the flood in an ark. All right, now in the next chapter, Revelation chapter 11, you've got the Antichrist trying to destroy Israel with what? With a flood. So the flood is definitely a type of the tribulation. Enoch gets raptured prior to a tribulation. You're getting raptured out 
prior to the tribulation. All right, now James chapter 5 and verse 17. Elias was a man subject to like passions as we are, and he prayed earnestly that it might not rain, and it rained not on the earth by the space of three years and six months. And he prayed again, and the heaven gave rain, and the earth brought forth her fruit. Now, isn't it interesting that James is the one that uses this illustration about Elijah? James, a tribulation book. You see the thing? James is a tribulation book. All right, 1 Kings chapter 17. Take your Bible and go to 1 Kings chapter 17. 1 Kings 17. And Elijah, and Elijah the Tishbite, who was of the inhabitants of Gilead, said unto Ahab, As the Lord God of Israel liveth, before whom I stand, there shall not be dew nor rain these years, but according to my word. All right, so you got James talking about it. Then you've got the historical account in 1 Kings. So it's Elijah that withholds the rain from the earth. It's Elijah. All right, go over to Exodus chapter 3. Exodus chapter 3, second book of your Bible. Genesis, Exodus chapter 3. Now, there are some things we don't know in the book of Revelation, but man, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. There's a lot we do know. And the Lord's given us enough sense to make out of it, right? Amen. All right, Exodus chapter 3, verse 20. Exodus chapter 3. Verse 20, And I will stretch out my hand and smite Egypt with all my wonders, which I will do in the midst thereof. And after that, he will let you go. And I will give this people favor in the sight of the Egyptians. And it shall come to pass that when ye go, ye shall not go empty. All right, now let's go to Numbers chapter 16. Numbers chapter 16 and verse 31. And it came to pass as he had made an end of speaking all these words, that the ground clave asunder that was under them, and the earth opened her mouth and swallowed them up and their houses and all the men that appertained unto Korah and all their goods. They and all that appertained to them went down alive into the pit, and the earth closed upon them, and they perished from among the congregation. And all Israel that were round about them fled at the cry of them, for they said, Lest the earth swallow us up also. And there came out a fire from the Lord and consumed the 250 men that offered incense. All right, now that thing fits in this sense. In Revelation 11, we're told that the two witnesses are devouring men, devouring their enemies with fire. Amen? And the earth is swallowing up their houses and everything that appertained to them. And then in Revelation chapter 11, in verse 5, and if any man will hurt them, fire proceedeth out of their mouth, and devoureth their enemies, and if any man will hurt them, he must in this light, in this manner be killed. So the thing works. The thing works, all right? Second Kings chapter one. Second Kings chapter one and verse ten. And Elijah answered and said to the captain of fifty, If I be a man of God, then let fire come down from heaven and consume thee and thy fifty. And there came down fire from heaven and consumed him and his fifty. So Moses calls fire down on his enemies. 
Elijah is calling fire down on his enemies. Elijah prays and it doesn't rain. Moses brings plagues upon the Egyptians. And, you know, all of these things are laid out in Revelation chapter 11, verse 5 and 6. Both of these men were anointed. They stand by the Lord of the whole earth. They both destroyed their enemies by fire. They smote the earth with plagues. They kept it raining for three and a half years. They were both on Mount Sinai 40 days and 40 nights. They both fasted 40 days and 40 nights. They both had ministers who took up their ministry, Joshua and Elisha. They both appeared with Jesus Christ on the Mount of Transfiguration. And they're both mentioned in conjunction with Mount Sinai or Horeb by the Lord Jesus Christ. So the thing is clear. And it's as clear, and you couldn't get any clearer. You know, you run all those things out and study them. You know, research it for yourself. The two witnesses are Moses and Elijah. And they show up to torment some folks in the tribulation. And how do they torment them? We'll find that out when we come back from this break. Folks, this is the Sword of the Spirit podcast. Don't forget to like, subscribe, and share with your friends, your family, and your followers. Help us spread the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. We'll be back right after this. Don't you go away. Sing to the King who is coming to reign. Glory to Jesus, the Lamb that was slain. Life and salvation His empire shall bring. And joy to the nations when
Welcome back to the Sword of the Spirit podcast. This is Joe Russiello, and uh, we are going through the book of Revelation, and we are in chapter 11. We're in chapter 11. We were just talking about the two witnesses. We identified 
the two witnesses as Moses and Elijah. And uh, before we went to the break, we uh, posed a question. Uh, We said that they came to torment some folks in the tribulation. And the question is, well, how do they torment them? How do they torment them? Well, chapter 11, verse 7, primarily with their testimony. Verse 7 says, and when they shall have finished their testimony. Testimony. It was a blind man who got all fixed up by Jesus Christ, and it was his testimony that drove the Pharisees nuts. He said, hey, I don't know about all this stuff you're accusing me of, He said, the only thing I know is this, whereas I was blind, now I see. It was his testimony that drove them nuts. All right, now what's bothering everyone about these two folks? And when they they shall have finished their testimony. Now notice we call them witnesses. All right, verse 3, two witnesses. Do you know what a witness does? He gives testimony. Amen? He gives his testimony. Now, there's something about a testimony that's just irrefutable. Now, they might laugh. They might criticize. But, man, there is something about a testimony that just gets to folks. Amen? So that's the practical element of the thing right there. And sometimes, you know, a testimony will do what nothing else can do. Just a testimony. So, folks, you have to target people. Target people with your testimony. And when they they shall have finished their testimony, the beast that ascendeth out of the bottomless pit shall make war against them and shall overcome them and kill them. All right? Well, what that thing does for you, that verse right there ties together two personalities for you. All right, let me show you the thing. All right, in chapter 9, we have these, um, these weird, amalgamated, hybrid, genetic freaks coming out of the pit of hell. Amen? And then in verse 11 of chapter 9, and they had a king, and they had a king over them, which is the angel of the bottomless pit, whose name in the Hebrew tongue is Abaddon, but in the Greek tongue hath his name Apollyon. All right, so these creatures we've already studied in chapter 9 have a king. They have a king. And this king in chapter 11, in verse 7, is called a beast. And when we get to chapter 13, we have a beast show up again. Chapter 13 in verse 1, And I stood upon the sand of the sea and saw a beast rise up out of the sea, having seven heads and ten horns, and upon his horns ten crowns. And upon his heads, the name of of blasphemy. So he rises up out of the sea. What that verse does is that's the middle verse that ties the other verses together. It shows you that that king from the bottomless pit and the beast rising up out of the sea, who turns out to be the Antichrist, is all one and the same. We're talking about the beast, which is king, is the Antichrist. All right, now, we're not going to identify him yet. We'll do that when we get to Revelation chapter 13, and we'll identify him clearly with lots of verses of Scripture. But isn't it interesting 
this beast is coming out of a pit yet? He's coming out of the sea? Well, how can that be? You know, you go down off the coast of Florida, and then, you, you know, you've got the Bahamas, and you have Cuba. And in between them, you've got what they call the Devil's Triangle. The Devil's Triangle. Now, right there in that spot, you've got the deepest spot in all of the oceans of the world. Now, interestingly, if you, for argument's sake, if you could bore straight through that thing, you know, straight through, you would end up in another triangle around Japan, the other deepest spot in all the ocean. And it's a straight shot. It's a straight shot if the Earth is a globe. And that's pretty fascinating. I think that's pretty fascinating. So that pit... And, folks, this is just food for thought, all right? You know, we've already kind of studied this somewhat. Um, The crust of the earth, right? We talked about it, I think it was, what, last week or the week before? I think it was last week. The crust of the earth. Now, in Luke chapter 16, you've got hell divided into two parts, amen? All right, on one side you have paradise, or Abraham's bosom, and on the other side you have hell. You have the rich man in hell, and you have Lazarus and Abraham in paradise. That's fine and dandy, but what I want you to think, what I want to talk about isn't either one of those two places. I want to talk about what's in between those two places. And what's in between is called a gulf. The Bible says a great gulf fixed. Now, when you stop and think about it, a gulf is always what? A gulf is always water. The Gulf of Mexico, the Gulf of Alaska, the Persian Gulf. It's water. Now that would just kind of make sense if you had a gulf of water running through there. That, that you would have an entrance and an exit that would be opposite each other, right? It's just something to think about. You know, kind of something to uh, you know, torment yourself with. Take your Bible, go over to Jonah chapter 2. Jonah chapter 2. All right, Jonah chapter 2, verse 1. Then Jonah prayed unto the Lord his God out of the fish's belly and said, I cried by reason of mine affliction unto the Lord, and he heard me. Out of the belly of hell cried I, and thou heardest my voice. So Jonah's in hell, and I believe what it says. You know, people say, well, that's just Jonah's impression. You know, he thought he was in hell. No, no, he was in hell. And why do I think he was, he was in hell? Well, as Jonas was three days and three nights in the belly of the whale, so shall the Son of Man be three days and three nights in the heart of the earth, right? So where's Jesus? Jesus is in paradise preaching to the spirits, and he's in hell. His soul being made an offering for our sin. Isaiah 53.10, right? He spent some time in paradise, and he spent some time in hell. All right, now the thing gets even wilder. Verse 3, For thou hast cast me into the deep, in the midst of the seas, and the floods compassed me about. All thy billows and thy waves passed over me. 
Then I said, I am cast out of thy sight, yet I will look again toward thy holy temple. The waters compassed me about, even to the soul. The depth closed closed me round about. The weeds were wrapped about my head. I went down to the bottoms of the mountains. The earth with her bars was about me forever. Strange language. Amen? Strange language. So you say, what does it mean? I don't know what it means. I don't know. But it's something to think about. You know, they found in the deepest parts of the ocean, you know, they found worms, little, like, glow worms at incredible depths where nothing alive is supposed to be. Way down, deep, deep, deep. Worms. Where the worm dieth not. And the fire is not quenched. Right? You say, if, if that's true, then what keeps things in and out? Bars. That's what it says. Bars. Interesting stuff. Amen? Interesting stuff. All right. Well, folks, I think what we're going to do here, we're coming up on 90 minutes. I think we'll uh, call it quits here for tonight. And we'll pick this up again next Thursday evening, Lord willing. Folks, I just want to say thank you so very much for taking the time. And again, I'm sorry for the late start. You know, we did have another commitment that I had to get to. And uh, I do appreciate all of you for tuning in, even though we had the late start. And uh, so just thank you so very, very much again. I appreciate you taking your time out this evening. God bless you for it. Now, folks, head on over to SwordOfTheSpiritPodcast.com. Look for that contact section. Send us over a message. And while you're there, look for that Support This Podcast button. And if you can support us with a monthly contribution, we would appreciate that. And if not, if you can do a one-time contribution, that's fine. That's great. We would appreciate that as well. Folks, until we see each other again on Sunday afternoon, God bless you. Take care. You've been listening to the Sword of the Spirit Podcast. If you have any questions or comments, visit our website at swordofthespiritpodcast.com and send us a message. Or email us directly at info at swordofthespiritpodcast.com. Until next time, God bless you and good day.